Hi, I'm Tyra G, your host of Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome again to our virtual global gathering of phenomenal women and those who you love, who love them. Fearsome and generous, humble and honest in pursuit of new possibilities and purpose. You know, here we dig deep and we come up strong. We bravely walk into places where tradition has taught us there's some things you just don't talk about but not at this table. And no matter how hard judgment knocks, it can't come in. Beloved here, we live beyond the wreckage. Every week, we experience, educate, encourage, and empower each other. We share aha moments and stories that have been left in our pockets for too long. Every week, we start right where we are. I'm so excited about how the show is progressing. We're celebrating our fourth year of proof that dreams can come true. Frankly speaking with Tara G is one of my most priceless dreams. I thank God for every remembrance of you and your gifts of ideas, your presence, your encouragement. They inspire. I can't do this show without you. Thanks so very much. You're listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia, on your TV, computer, or mobile device. And we are broadcast worldwide on the Internet at www.radiofairfax.org every Saturday evening at 8 p.m. Should you miss us, you can catch our archive podcast where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Just key in, frankly speaking, with Tyra G. Podcast. And if you just feel like connecting with me offline, that's easy too. Email me at Tyra at TyraGarlington.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you, Courtney Nero, for composing and performing our Frankly Speaking theme song and for naming it, I'm Listening. Today, we're going to explore the magic of legacy. Our thesis is, legacy is about life and living. In order to create our common thought space today, I want to share some thoughts that may not be in the forefront of your mind when you hear the term legacy. Legacy is about life and living. It's about learning from the past, living in the present, and building for the future. Did you know that the best place to plant a young tree is in a clearing of old growth forest and not an open field? Why, Tyra? I'm glad you asked. Ecologists tell us that a young tree grows better when it's planted in an area with older trees. Now, this is the good part. The reason, it seems, is that the roots of the young tree are able to follow the pathways created by former trees and to implant themselves more deeply. Over time, the roots of many trees may actually graft themselves to one another, creating an intricate, interdependent foundation hidden under the ground. In this way, stronger trees share resources with weaker ones so that the whole forest becomes healthier. Now that's legacy. 
and interconnection across time with a need for those who have come before us and a responsibility to those who come after us. Let me say that again. Legacy and interconnection across time with a need for those who have come before us and a responsibility to those who come after us. A legacy may take, make, excuse me, may take many forms. Children, grandchildren, a business, an ideal, a book, a community, a home, some piece of ourselves. Our legacy naturally intrigues us. It's perfectly understandable how we would want to know how the world would remember us after we're gone. How many of us will be surprised? How many of us are living our lives so that our legacy reflects all that we truly hold most near and dear? How many of us are living with integrity and courage? Leaving a legacy is a human need. It is in part selfish. We want to feel immortal. The idea of leaving something behind that will live forever is appealing. We want to feel like we matter in the vast sea of humanity. But leaving a legacy also has an altruistic component. If we don't leave a positive legacy, what kind of society are we building? What kind of world are we leaving behind? What are we passing on to our children and grandchildren? The world isn't connected by molecules. It's connected by stories, tradition, memories, hopes, and dreams. We are connected by the legacies passed down from those who came before us and the legacies we pass down to those who will come after us. Now for children, legacy means learning from the past. It separates the timeless from the transient. Children have a feeling of security and continuity that comes from knowing that there are adults who care about them. For adults, legacy means hoping for the future. It means developing and passing on a timeless part of ourselves. We feel valued and useful, no matter how old we get. We understand that the world we leave behind is the world that our children and our children's children inherit. We know that we have an obligation to make the future a little bit better than the past. For both young and old, the power of legacy enables us to live fully in the present. You understand you're part of a larger community a community that must remember its history to build its future. There is caring combined with conscious. There's also wisdom to be found in each other, linking action and reflection to deal with complex problems. Legacy is very much about life and living. Today I have a guest who understands the meanings, the metaphors, and the responsibilities that relate to legacy. I met this guest because a friend of mine called me on the phone and said, Ty, I just had a conversation with someone you need to meet. Now she's a faithful friend who knows my love for and responsibility to children. I trust her. And the result is today's show. My guest is calling upon his gifts and talents to reach across generations of culture through stories, poetry, gaming, and his very presence to leave his legacy. 
Mr. Paris White, please introduce yourself to our audience in your own words, because I believe once they hear your words, like me, they will begin to understand your why. The mic is yours. Hello, Tyra. How you doing? Hello, all your wonderful listeners. Uh, my name is Paris White. I am the creator and owner of the Urban Legends series, along with my wife and business partner, Tona White, who is my motivation and my inspiration and my muse. And without her, there will be no The Urban Legends series. I am a father. I have a 21-year-old daughter, and I am a proud father because this year she graduated 2022 honors from Norfolk State University, HBCUs. All right, all right. Ah, <laughs> yes. Right, yeah. I was born and raised in Washington, D.C. I am an author, artist, game inventor with a great imagination for writing funny stories and having fun. My company, the Urban Legend Series, creates board games, books, and trivia cards geared toward African American culture and history for the whole family to enjoy, young and old. My games are fun, interactive, and educational. I am inspired by God and my family to create generational wealth and to leave a legacy for my family to build upon. My hero is my dad, the late and great Rodney Chandler, my mom, Frances Chandler, who has such a sweet soul, and my wife, who is so smart and so beautiful. Um, the best advice that I was given was to be yourself, uh, which is easy for me, and also is don't put the cart in front of the horse. So that was some great advice that I was given a long time ago when I first started my business. But, you know, once you realize you have something great, it is easily to, you know, for me, especially with my imagination, to already be amongst the stars. So, Tyra, I just want to thank you for having me on my on your show. And also I want to thank your friend, Fifi. Yes. I met, and so, like you said, is another wonderful soul. I met her, and she really, really actually yeah, laid hands on me because she's, you know, she she laid hands hands on me. She prayed over me, and now today I'm on your show. So I'm so glad to be here. I'll tell you what, the life that I live is full of surprises, and uh, there were some, there are, there were some negative ones, but for the most part, they're always beautiful. It's like I open a present every time I meet someone new or find, curate a new guest to share with my audience. There were a couple of things um, that just occurred to me when you were talking. At some point, Paris, you woke up one morning and said, I'm going to do this. When was that? How did that happen? You didn't just slide into creating a board game. And we have to get to be sure we get to how you produced the board game and got someone to support you, okay? But what, okay. on that day, at that hour, what made you say, ah, the Urban Legend series, that's what I ought to do? What happened? Well, um, I was inspired by my wife to write the stories of my childhood into a book. And I, uh, I used to read those to my, um, tell these, my childhood stories to my daughter. And one day I was telling my wife about them and she said, you know, she inspired me to write them into a book. She said, all kids should, you know, hear your stories. They're so funny and they're so full of life. And um, in the middle of writing that book, um, we wanted to play our old board games and we pulled out Monopoly, Trouble and Siren. We've been playing those for years since I was young. I'm 47 years old. 
of age. So I got tired of playing those games. So we went out to find something. We wanted to find something that, you know, kind of spoke to our culture, kind of taught our history, something educational. But there was nothing. We went on, came home, went online and looked online, and there still was nothing. So we sat down and we came up with a bunch of fun, crazy ideas that for a board game that was educational, that talked about our culture and included our history. And that was not just a board game that you set around, but was really interactive. So since there was no game out there like that, we created our own and I was already writing the book. So I used the book as the background as to give the game some life. So that's how the Urban Legend series was born. So in other words, it was your wife. <laughs> <laughs> it was your wife that got you from stop to go. No, actually, it was your love of your daughter and sharing your stories of growing up. And I have to, I have to say to the audience, I picked up the book, and I said, oh, all right, Summer Adventures, The Journey to Be Cool. Now, that's a play on words because in the inner city, being cool is being cool. You know, you present so that you mean that you got it all together. But... Summer Adventures, The Journey to Be Cool is another story. And how you weave that word, that concept throughout the story. And I have to tell you all one thing that isn't clear in what um, Paris has told you. He's an illustrator. He illustrated his board game. He illustrates his card game. He illustrate, illustrated his book. So I sat down. I decided to read this book. And what's so special is it's about Paris and his real life, right? Yeah. And, and so he's taking you through a summer after school is out with your brother, right? And yes, your, your, yes. Yeah, my cousin. And yeah. your cousin. Now, the three of these boys have the most innate ability to get in trouble. And um, their goal, of course, is not to get in trouble. Their goal is to be cool, right? But um, yeah. it's just, it's amazing how they, they can't get to that. And, and what I like is the illustration. The illustrations almost produce a sound effect with what's going on. So uh, I, I just, I wish people could see. I have to get you as I, you're going to be on a TV show. You have to share when you do that, the illustrations. Okay. Yes. So you told these stories to your daughter. How did, oh, tell everybody your body, your daughter's name is Paris as well. Yes. My daughter is my junior at, um, she was named after me when we were uh, thinking about names. Her mom said, you know, we're thinking all these names and she's like, I like Paris. And then it stopped right there. I was, like, I was good with that. And yeah. that's how she became Paris. Yeah, that's good. I love that name. So that's great. So that's how she became my junior. And, you know, I figured if I had a son, I would have had a junior. Yeah. But, you know, having a, a daughter, you know, it was really great to have her name after me because it was different. And then, you know, it's not hard to forget. So. Okay, so <laughs> now let's right. just, we got Paris Jr. Okay. Um, now, when did you start telling the story? And tell us about her reaction to your stories. Oh, she was a, a really small. She had to be around six, seven years old. Uh, when I first originally started telling the story, then it was just to help her go to sleep at night. She might have been young. She might have been like four to seven. You know, I told mm -hmm. her stories over the years, mm -hmm. but um, it would help her go to sleep at night. You know, she would always I'd lay her down and she's like, Daddy, can you tell me a story about when you was young? And all the funny <laughs> stories now. She heard so many stories about the, you know, 
the spankings I got, the trouble I got in. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I wasn't the model child. I was no, you weren't. Bad. I was a boy boy. <laughs> I was a boy boy, and I got into so much trouble. But I had a wonderful childhood. And that's what I wanted to co- convey in my book, that even though I lived in a city and there was a lot of things going around me, but as a child, you still have those child eyes. And I wanted to you know, project the the really wonderful life I had growing up in the city and the community that was around me who supported and cared and, you know, just all the adventures that you could have, you know, in the city beyond what, you know, the propaganda, you know, inner cities are full of drugs and crime. But to me, it wasn't. It was a really protected uh, community that I lived in. Which had to do with, um, when I read the book, it, it implied the African proverb, it takes a village, because not only did you get in trouble at home, you managed to get in trouble where people would call your family after they disciplined you where you were. Yes, yes. Now, you need to tell people that the relationship between your brother and your cousin and you and uh, why that made the stories more interesting. Oh, yeah. Me and my brother, me and my brother are like, He's my nemesis. Yes. He's always, you know, we were always fighting. We were always, you know, playing jokes on each other. And, you know, like one time he um, actually played this game where we locked each other in a room and I couldn't get out. And then I had to call my grandmother to get out. And um, he left me. He left out the house and left me. But he got in trouble with my mom when he got home. And then my cousin, he's just like this daredevil. His name is Antoine. Yes. And he is a daredevil. He is, he'll do anything. You know, you, you say, hey, take this bike and jump it over these boxes or these crates. And he's the first one to do it. I'm right behind them because... You know, I'm not going to be outdone one by anyone. So he was really a cause of all a lot of the adventures as well that I had. I think as well, anybody that has siblings understands that there's generally a flavor of competition and teasing that exists. Um, I, I'm a singular child. However, my parents made sure that I always had a community of children around me and so we had those various roles in that community who was the daredevil who was the prankster etc i'm not going to give away the story of your book but um it says summer adventures the journey to be cool and your your board game says summer adventures does that imply there are other seasons board games and books as well yes i have it's a series so the next um, series in the, um, the book in the series is the Urban Legend Fall Olympics Going for Gold, which incorporate our childhood games like Red Light, Green Light, Free yes. Day, Hide and Seek. And in the book, you'll read how to play those games and also how we took our childhood games and turned them into Olympics in our neighborhood to find out who was the best athlete. And then a board game, I'll, I'll tell you about the board game uh, a little early before I tell you about the first one, but it'll incorporate those games. So now you may draw a card and you may have to play red light green light to get back to your seat mm-hmm. in the dish to find out who's going to move so many spaces but i really incorporated our culture and our childhood games into the board game in the book to encourage kids to get out and play and each book will follow the season there'll be full books and there'll be a winter uh, the urban legend a winter wonderland a hunt for santa claus where we go to find out who's the real santa claus and then um the very last book is the urban legend a spring fling becoming the king of pop well it incorporate our, our 
dances that we've had in our community over the years. So all the different dance styles, different dances that we did, you know, like the MC Hammer, the Running Man, yeah, and so on and yeah. So forth. So, yeah. So it, it's going to be really great series once it's all out. And each board game will be designed totally different. And I, um, I have um, four decks of trivia cards coming out as well. And each deck of the trivia cards that I come out with, you'll be able to incorporate into every game. So eventually you'll have 200 uh, cards that you can co- incorporate into the board games as well. Now, three things. I tried to make sure I encapsulated them. One, uh, the games are seasonal. Two, the games highlight from the inner city what you did in terms of activities uh, during those times. Now, what people may not, I'm sitting here looking at the board, which looks like uh, could be a Monopoly board, but it's not because it's full of color and all these other things. Well, if you open the box, I just want to just briefly tell people the components. Uh, I'm looking at... uh, a time, uh, hour, an hourglass, and then a glass. I'm looking at avatars, and I'm looking at dice. So mm-hmm. people are familiar with that when they play board games. But uh, mm-hmm. in addition, I want you to tell them there's a stack of cards that are called Little mm-hmm. Legends. What are those about? Um, I, guess it's, I guess I could, should start from the beginning of the board game to explain it so people have a clear picture of okay. what exactly it is. All right, so um, the book I wrote first, which are my childhood stories, and I turned that book, that book itself is a storybook that you can read to younger children. Yes. It's a coloring book with the illustration, so you can color it as you're developing your reading skills. Yes. And then for the ages 8 to 14, it's a great series that they can follow, like Diary of a Wimpy Kid or Dork Diaries. So I took those stories and I made the board game. And the board game tells the exact same story. Yes. It's a start to finish. Think of Candyland. And it's a huge picture fire. So like Tyro was saying, it's one deck of the trivia cards, I mean, deck of cards in a game that are picture fire cards. Yes. So when you land on, a, on the logo, you'll pick a card and you have to find an image hidden in plain sight on a board game. So you may have to find the heart, the cat, the squirrel, the dog, the basketball player, different things around a board game. For younger kids, it would help with word association and memory, as well as those cards can be used as flashcards away from the game as teaching aids. Mm-hmm. There's another deck of cards in there. They're called legendary, uh, legendary trivia cards, summer adventures. And those cards are like chance cards in Monopoly, but they're really interactive. So you may draw a card, and you may have to run around the board game screaming them on fire into staring contests, repeat, I will not embarrass my mom to your next turn, go stand in the corner because no one likes to bully, a ton of stuff. Plus, there's cards that's going to advance you back and forth around the board game, and you'll send other players back, so it's really competitive. There's also spaces on the board game. There are blue spaces. When you land on those spaces, they're interactive with the board game. So the drawings on the board game, you may have to – uh, take a shortcut, play hopscotch. There's a space that says chase by Chewbacca, run home to Paris house. So, and there's also a space on there. Uh, I thought I drew everything my daughter wanted me to draw her jumper rope at the playground. Yes. So there's a one little girl jumping rope at the playground, but if you land on her space, it says skip your cute little self all the way home. So that's right <laughs> for the finish line. So you have to go all the way back to home just as you made it to the finish. And I designed it so younger kids could play Candyland style within their age group mm-hmm. or a younger child could play with the rest of the family and not be excluded from gameplay. And you then know, also... Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. 
And then also from the board game, I created um, a deck of trivia cards. They're separate from the board game, Mm -hmm. but you'll learn about African-American artists, inventors, athletes, scholars, and leaders of our time. Mm -hmm. And they're called legendary trivia cards. And they're past and their past, present, and future legends. So you'll see Cicely Tyson, Simone Biles, Angela Davis, Gregory Hines, Thelonious Monk, people that are not teaching us about in school. But the cool part about those cards is that you also can include them into the board game to add more educational value. So say in trivia, say Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. In trivia, someone will read you the clues, and if you guess it, you'll get points. But on the board game, Aretha Franklin, if you guess it, would read R-E-S-P-E-C-T, move six more spaces for me or tiger woods would be moved four more spaces like in golf yes. or madam cj walker is pick a player to lose two turns to let that relax a set so it's a cool way to incorporate our history into a board game that reflects our families and our children with books that teaches our culture and it's really fun educational in a fun way and the board game encourages the reading of the book so kids can learn about the characters and the story behind the board game I want to give an example. These are these are the these are the trivia cards that can be independent okay. of the board game, but also incorporated. Um, yes. The the reason I want to do this is because I want to demonstrate that these are teaching aids uh, for African American history. And I'll take Simone Biles because we you know the Olympics, et cetera. Then it says athlete. Then it gives her address, her address, her birth, and where. Then it. A description gymnast with combined Olympic and world championship medals and then it gives a description of her achievement then she's noted to be the greatest gymnast of all times and then you know says why but at the very bottom if you're incorporating it into the game it'll say five points the judge gives you ten spaces so um, the thing I like about well the thing I love about this is your imagination I have yet, and you know, I've taught elementary school, I've taught middle school, <laughs> I've not seen one concept so interactive. And the thing people don't know, if they go to your website, they'll see a video of a family, read my lips, a family playing at a board game, getting up off their chairs, acting out, laughing and enjoying one another, and they are not in front of a screen. No. And uh, to me, that's a humongous benefit based on how families are becoming segmented. You know, at dinner, unless you say there are no phones, (laughs) uh, you'll see children and often, you know, adults on their phones at dinner. Okay. Um, To me, that is uh, part of the downfall of our future because we we forget how to communicate and create intimacy. and this board game does not allow that to happen. But here's the best part, everybody. Here's the best part. Paris had an idea. He wanted to create a board game. Now, Paris, tell the story of how you finally got the board game that we see that looks, looks, that looks like one you would buy in the store. It didn't start out that way. Tell the story of your making your own and, and Alibaba, et cetera. Okay, yes. Yeah, it was. 
I knew I had the game and I knew I had illustrated and everything. So the next step was to get it into production. So I tried here in the States and I found that it was very expensive to get it done in the States. So, I, you know, I'm very artistic. So I was able to go online, figure out how to create my own board game. I looked at how to fold the board game, to print the images out, how to glue it, fold it into a full square to fit into a box. I created the boxes and everything. But it just took so long and it was so tedious and it still was kind of pricey for buying the materials here in the States. So, you know, someone told me about Alibaba and that, you know, it's a great site, but I wasn't familiar with that. So I went to go do research uh, with the other gaming companies, and I saw that they don't get their games made here in the States as well. A lot of that work is done overseas. So I um, really looked into uh, Alibaba and watched some YouTube videos, found a great uh, production um, company who made my game. And from the concept of my game to when it was at my door was, a, was exactly six months, and it was ready for sale. And it's a great product. And the customer service that I had was great. The quality of the game is, you know, super durable. The materials that I use are, you know, scratch resistant. So it's really, really great. So, and, and I took my time and made sure that I wanted to give the, the customers a quality product that was going to be around for generations. And you have done just that. I opened it up and... To me, I would have gone into what used to be Toys R Us. It would have been sitting there. Uh, I want you to talk a little bit about your logo. People cannot see, but what inspired mm -hmm. it to be what it is? Well, um, one of the things that uh, I wanted my game to, to do is inspire and to really represent black culture. Mm -hmm. So my logo for the, the U for the urban legend mm -hmm. is actually a power button like on a remote control and it's a black power sign so it's you know it represents black power and then my complete logo is the power button with legendary going around in a circle which means the power to you know us black people as uh, us as a black community or 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 melanated community have the power to be legendary and that, that's really great that it's really important for kids to know that I also can do this. Now, a lot of people come to me and say, how did you create this? How did you come up with this idea? You know, I applied myself and I used my God-given talents to create something great for the whole family to enjoy. I love it. It's awesome. I want, I want it on a T-shirt. Um, I do have t-shirts. <laughs> now, you got to tell me. I, I'm sure our audience uh, knows that I really enjoyed meeting you, and I want you to talk about your journey because I've got it spread all over the studio, and I'm like, whoa, I know the guy that did this. But uh, tell them uh, what happened the first time you had a kiosk in the mall, What, what how you surprised yourself with the success. Oh man, it was it was so great when I had a kiosk, you know, in the mall. It, it's great everywhere I am because I meet, you know, so many years I worked thankless jobs. I worked hard. I worked overtime. I came in on my day off. I was there. I was the only one there on snow days, and you know, kind of people just you know expected you to do the work. But now the job that I have, when I present my game to people and explain what it is, and they see how intelligent intelligently is put together they see the artwork that i put in at the time and they're really amazed that not only did i create the game i illustrated the game i wrote and illustrated the book i created the, created the trivia cards and then made them 
also where you can incorporate them in a board game in another way. Everything is multi-level. And people look at me and they really say, man, thank you, brother. You really did a great job. Thank you for making this for us. You know, a lot of parents say, I wish I had this when I was young. A lot, you know, I've, I've been at the stand and, you know, kids as young as three years old have been able to play my game and I designed it for four and above. But, uh, you know, artistic kids, I had, oh, it's a beautiful story. I just have to tell you this real quick. You don't have to hurry. Take your time. Okay. One day I was at the stand, and a a mother came up with her kids, and one of her kids was artistic. Mm -hmm. And she was saying that he probably wouldn't be able to play the game. So I was kind of showing him how to do the picture-fine part. Well, I showed him a picture, uh, the card, and he showed him where it was on the board game. It kind of seemed like he didn't get it. So I went on to explain the rest of the series to the mother, and maybe two minutes later we turned around. He had took every picture-fine card and placed them on every image on the board within two minutes. And, uh, you know, it, it <laughs> on the board game. And then she immediately, she started crying. I was like, wow, you know, it, you know, you don't really know how great something is until you start get that feed, getting the feedback. Yes. Um, you know, when I first started, I was kind of kind of didn't think people was going to get it, didn't think people was going to understand it. But now that I, you know, that I've been out selling it, and people, you know, when they see the whole thing, I want the bundle, I want the game, the book, and the trivia card. <laughs> I get that so much that, you know, and they really see what it is. And some people are like, oh, well, I only got, you know, I can get the book and I can get the game, but I'm going to have to come back and get those trivia cards. So I get a lot of people who really, I have so many beautiful stories to tell you about the beautiful people that i met you know, that purchased my game or didn't purchase my game. So many teachers, principal, you know, counselors in school, people that's on school boards. I met um, David White, who's the um, uh, running for D.C. councilman, you know, and he, he just, he, it's just so many people, great people I've met in this. And I just know that my, my journey is God-driven because he put me in the place of certain people at certain times that have propelled me where I am. Even the first lady, um, the first store that I had my game in, uh, it's in Gallery, Africa. The owner of that store, when maybe three other stores had kind of turned me down when I first was selling my game, she was the first one to say, oh, yeah, you can't, you know, you can't sell in my store, let's, but let's do a pop-up shop mm-hmm. and see what kind of customers, you know, you can get to come in. And I worked really hard and went out and drew in tra- traffic to her store. She was so impressed mm-hmm. that she started you know, she let me sell my game in her store. And if it wasn't for her and her motivation, you know, to her motivating me, I wouldn't be where I was because through her, I was able to get into another African gallery. I was able to get into art galleries. I was able to talk to the Smithsonian where it's being looked at now. I was able to get into the Kennedy Center. And even now, I'm getting, I have a proposal from the, um, getting a proposal together for the Kansas African American Museum to do a board game that encompasses the African American historical sites in that state. You know, it's just a lot of great things coming down the pipe, and I just, uh, and it's all from being out there meeting people and pushing this product, you know, to, you know, my dream is to have this into our households where kids are learning and having fun at the same time. Now, I hope that people didn't not hear when you say Smithsonian, Kennedy Center, the Kansas African American Museum wants you to create a game for them. Yeah. I you know, I want people to understand that if you have a dream, if you think there's something you want to offer this world, don't sit on it. Whatever you do, don't sit on it. 
I um, I was just thinking to myself, uh, what you, oh, that's the other thing. Tell them what happened uh, when you put the game in the kiosk in a mall and what happened in the first two hours, the success. Oh, man. Yes. The success was unbelievable especially around the Christmas this Christmas holiday uh-huh. I actually sold out I sold out of the game the trivia cards the books the t-shirts the hat I had bracelets and I you know I, I had the the kiosk lease up until the end of the year but I was able the day after Christmas I was able to close my kiosk because I was sold out of everything it's just such wonderful success and I have games from at least I want I was keeping track but I know I'm at least 30 to 40 of the 50 states across the U.S. Someone, you know, a lot of travelers came through uh, uh, Arundel Mills Mall. Um, mm-hmm. And it, the game is just traveling, um, you know, and it's just great uh, from Las Vegas to California to Illinois. I told a uh, game to someone who uh, should be uh, in Illinois. It's just doing great. It's just doing great things. Uh, when, when Paris was first talking to me, um, I... It was. This is another kiosk story, but he said, mm-hmm. "I, and I may have the numbers wrong, Paris. I took like mm-hmm. fifty books or whatever, and you said in one hour I had made how much money? <laughs> <laughs> I made over two thousand dollars in like two hours. <laughs> yeah, two to three hours. It was great. Did you have a clue at that great. point? Did you have a clue at that point that maybe you had something that was going to work?" Yeah, I knew then. I knew from when I was doing, I started out doing the pop-up shops. I started doing the events around, you know, the the city, you know, the DMV. But then the... um, Miss Abby, who owns Uniquely Crafted in St. Charlestown Mall, she told me, she was like, Paris, you have a great product. You need to be in the mall, and you need to, you know, be here every day, you know. But And I told her, well, I'm just starting out. I don't have a lot of money to do a leash. And she told me, she said, oh, you can do weekends. You can just pay for a weekend. And that was the start of my actual mall you know, adventure, you know, not mall adventures, but me being in the mall. And when I start seeing that everyday money that people and kids will come back to me and families will come back to me and say, oh, we played your game, we had a great game, or, or you know, and I'll ask them how, what would they thought was fun, and they would talk about how their parents had to go stand in the corner and repeat or repeat I will not embarrass my mom or walk around in slow motion and then I start getting videos from people who played the game and and images and stuff like that there's images that made me cry because it was my dream coming true it's one picture that I got of of a family of all ages Mm -hmm. and they're all sitting around playing the game and they're so drawn into everything because it's a huge picture find. They're all leaning over the game. They're looking for their possibility of what they may have to find next, and it just drew everybody together. No one was on their cell phone except for the person who was taking a picture that or the video of what mm-hmm. was going on, and they were, it was natural fun. It was hilarious. People were having a good time, and just, just seeing those images, seeing those videos just brought tears in my eyes because I knew my purpose at that point. You know, when God finally opens your eyes and say, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do for the rest of your life. Yes. And you hear that, and and, and, you, and that drives you after that. Well, I just personally want to say congratulations. I got my 
I have my game and my book and my cards. I don't have anybody to play them with, but I have them. And so I guess I can learn to play by myself. Well, there's something else that Paris does that just blew me away. Uh, He's a poet, and um, he wrote a poem for his daughter. And it's not just a poem. It's a poem with a puzzle in a puzzle in a poem. And uh, Paris, I want you to slowly, because, of course, they can't see the text like I can, but you can explain it so they can see it in their minds, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So um, when my daughter first went off to college, um, I've been writing poetry for years, but I wanted to write her a personal poem. I wanted to write her a poem that was inspirational, that gave her the you know, courage to get through college and to believe that she's really smart and she has what it takes, you know, to be great. So I wanted to write her a poem and I wanted to write her a very smart poem. And so I wrote her a poem that has several messages in it. So it's a a poem that has messages to my daughter and it's the the way that I did it. I only only can explain it as I read it, as I read it to you so you can understand. Okay. Okay, would you like for me to read the poem? Yes, yes. Okay, so it's called Paris's Poem. It's a poem and message fine for my daughter. And it says, Sweetie, my love is ever and forever. Onward into your spiritual journey, yearning and eager, ambitiously motivated to move beyond your limits, marvelous, created to always be relentless, astonishing, brilliant in your flawless uniqueness, Zion is the place of rest that Kona and I manufactured, into which you will always be loved and welcomed. Go now with great courage, our prayers, and God's blessings. Go be whatever you desire to be freely, knowing. Harris, you are the best thing that has ever happened to me. Adulthood is a road you have to maneuver wisely, reaching new heights with endless possibilities. Incredible, the daughter you turned out to be. Spectacular and wonderful the best part of me so that's the poem mm-hmm. now if you take the first letter of each sentence to be read down say sweetie is the first word so the first letter is s mm-hmm. so the first letter of each word to be read down says so amazing paris then if you take the first word of each sentence to be re- to be read from the bottom up it says spectacular incredible reaching adulthood paris go now into zion astonishing marvelous ambitiously onward sweetie then i also took the first sentence and made it a palindrome which is a sentence with another meaning when read backwards Mm -hmm. so the first sentence says sweetie my love is ever and forever but if you read it backwards it says forever and ever is love my sweetie then inside the poem there's another message to my daughter and that one is to be read from the beginning to the end without repeating any words as you read through the poem and it says my love is spiritual beyond limits created to always be brilliant Kona will always be God's blessing go be the best ever maneuver wisely new incredible daughter out of me then there's another message to my daughter to be read from the bottom backwards from the bottom to the top and it says 
The daughter reaching adulthood has desire, courage, and loved, will place brilliant, always move motivated, eager, and spiritual forever, my sweetie. (laughs) So I wanted to give her that form that's so multi-layered, that's so many different things, that was really intelligently put together. So she'll be motivated to do great things herself. And she was. And she was. Yes, she was. And she is, and you need to say again what happened to her just recently to prove that she She, is. Yeah, she's an honor graduate from Norfolk State University with a major in biology. All right. Okay. Now, when she received this poem, I didn't ask you this before, what was her reaction? She was really impressed. You know, I I was really impressed of it more than anything. But, you know, because sometimes you don't even know you have a talent until you've done something and you step back and look at it. So when I, you know, when I gave it to her, Mm -hmm. you know, she really liked it and she hung it on her wall and I made it so it's, you know, like a book. Mm -hmm. But you can see each part of the poem separated from each from itself. So she really and she had it in her room all four years uh, on her desk as her inspiration. So it was really great. Yes, it is. I I have tried to explain it on three occasions, and I bumped through it. You know, I printed it out like a book, and, and what I kept saying is, no, no, this is wrong. we got to get this published some kind of way. It needs a wider audience than my show or Paris, the daughter, you know. So I haven't figured that out yet, but I mm-hmm. am just so proud of all that you have done and I got inspired quite frankly thinking about you and the show and when you talked about your dad and mom as heroes I kept on saying what did they pour into Paris what did they give him spiritually and I found one of my one of my favorite life coaches and authors I found a reading and I wanted to share it because I know people now have an idea of who you are, how wonderful you are. Um, I want to share it, and it's called, I Can Always Recreate What I Believe. And I quote, this is from Ayana Vansant in her book, uh, Until Today. And I quote, if I had a little boy, in fact, I think I'll just play a little music in the background. Yeah. If I had a little boy... I would tell him all the things he would need to know to be a peace-filled man. I would let him know that if a man cannot follow, he will never be able to lead. I would tell him that commitment, determination, endurance, patience, and faith are much more powerful than speed, force, and physical strength. I would tell him that people may not remember everything you do, however, they will always remember how you do it. I would tell him to always strive to make people feel worthy and important for whatever they can contribute. I would tell my little boy that the omission of information is the same as a lie. I would tell him that when you try to meet life on your own terms, you may be forced to renegotiate those terms. I would tell him each day is a blessing, and what you do with your blessing determines how you will be blessed. I would tell my little boy to be willing rather than willful, to listen rather than being the first to speak, 
to open to correction rather than unwilling to hear another point of view. And that the accumulation of material possessions is not the measure of success. I would tell my little boy that a man who cannot laugh at himself is a danger to himself and others. A man who does not trust himself is a man who cannot be trusted. And a man who, not, who cannot be trusted is a man who cannot love. I would tell my little boy that a man is what he thinks and the, what he thinks is a reflection of what he holds in his heart. Most important, I would want my little boy to know that it's okay to be vulnerable because when you're vulnerable, you're innocent. I would tell my little boy that innocence is a gift from God. Until today, you may not have realized that all men start out as little boys who need information. So just for today, be devoted to be rethinking what you believe about men, manhood, and your understanding of both. Today, I am willing to recreate my beliefs about manhood. Now, I'll tell you, Paris, that just popped out, and I said, I have got to share this. I've got to share this because I see an evolved little boy in you, and the little yeah. boy is still alive and and creative and vivacious and curious. And I said, I bet, I bet I want him to know this. I want to read this to him. So that's my gift to you. <laughs> Well, thank you. You're welcome. I want to know right now if you could create your future, if you could not fail, what would that look like, Paris? What would that look like for you? Um, That would look like me owning my own um, chain of toy stores that I have not just my toys, but... Um, a lot of black game makers, creators, dolls, you know, um, from around the world. And the reason why I say that, because when I grew up um, going to the toy store, we weren't represented. And and I think it's very important to see ourselves represented. represented. So if, you know, if I could have a future where I couldn't fail, those stores and those toys and those things, that creative prop, that creativeness from our people, Mm-hmm. We'll be able to be shared amongst everyone. And I definitely would see myself having a cartoon series or movie about my character, Paris, and, and his adventures becoming an urban legend. And I think we've talked about it after reading the book. The first thing I said is, oh, my goodness, Paris, this needs to be an animation. This needs to be an yeah. animation. And you said, well, you know, Tyra? I want it to be an animation, but I'm just not there yet. And I'm, you know, I'm impatient. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. This needs to be an animation. This would be delightful. Uh, Yeah, we have to do this. And uh, Paris is going, yes, Tyra. Okay. Uh, I got it. We can can be an animation. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm gonna do it. I, you know, but you know, I always say my wife always piles stuff up on me. She's like, "Oh, you need to do this now. You need to do this now. You do this. I'm still trying to get the first thing done." So I'm like, "Yes, I know I need to do that. I'm gonna make it there." You know, but I really believe in that. Don't put the cart before the horse, and everything is in God's time, and it will reveal it when it, when it's revealed revealed to me i will definitely jump on that opportunity but i'm definitely striving toward it at the same time i know you are and i think it it bears remembering that your wife's excitement is just because she believes in you so much and she's so proud of you you know that right yeah she is is my biggest supporter you know if it wasn't like i said i I can i can't say it enough if it wasn't for her this wouldn't be but, you know, she believed in me, you know, when during COVID, when um, the same day that my games arrived at my house, I was laid off from my job. I, you know, I was the senior manager, uh, supervisor there. And they, you know, laid me off due to COVID reasons. And, you know, and she was like, well, don't worry. You know, I believe in you. You know, I'm going to stand behind you. I want you to get out there and sell your game. It, it's a great product. And I went out there and I said, I won't let you. I sat my wife and my daughter down. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, I'm not doing this to be rich. I'm not doing this to have a name for myself or anything. This is for you. You know, I always say, you know, being a black male that, you know, I don't have a lot of summers yet. You know, we don't, black men don't live a long time. So in that time that God has given me, I will do my best to make sure that when I'm gone, that you guys will have something here that's going to support you and be that. Uh, something that you can fall back on and give you that 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 generational wealth that you know even though I'm gone I'll still be here taking care of you. Mm. 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 Yes. Yes. And uh with that mm. uh you know everybody that anybody that listens to my show knows I ask each of my guests to write a letter to their younger self or to a younger person or to a client. And Paris, of course, with his creative mind, um, decided to write a poem about himself. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I want to ask you to read that now, would you? Okay. And just to give you, uh, like you said, it was supposed to be a letter to myself. But I wanted to write a poem, like you say, show my creative side. And I wanted to write a poem that says, you know, when I was young, I always, you know, ran around thinking, oh, I wish I had superpowers or I wanted to be a superhero. So I wanted to tell myself, you are that superhero and you will do those great things. So this is that poem. It's called The Making of a Legend. All right. You're in Okay. You ready? Uh-huh. Okay. You're embodied with the spirit of Christ, and God be the source of all power. Pressure makes you as hard as diamonds, and no weapon formed against you shall prosper, domestic or foreign. Every legend has an origin. Raised in the belly of the beast, and your one source of protection is love. You listen when you hear God talking, and you move wisely when the enemy is lurking. Domestic or foreign, every legend has an origin. Mastered surviving in the concrete jungle, you're just starting to realize your true potential. Creatively, you're on the precipice of greatness, 
and your only weakness is to press the nation, domestic or foreign. Every legend has an origin. Now you see what God has put you here to do. It's empowering, it's uplifting, and it's inspiring our youth. Bring them joy, bring them happiness, and let them see the truth, domestic or foreign. Every legend has an origin. Every legend has an origin. And we know your origin, don't we? Yes, we do now. Yes. And then also, yeah, something great about the poem is that, you know, the way I wrote it, you know, I wanted to make sure that no matter where you are, who you are, anywhere in the world, you, you, your legend, you're just starting, your young kids, this is your legend, this is where your origin story starts. You have that power to be great. No matter what enemy is lurking, no matter what things you fall upon, no matter what weapons formed against you, you have that power to be legendary. And I, it just, I wanted to write, and it kind of just so came with my brand and what I'm, what I'm trying to do. And it was almost like, again, God inspired because tired, I told you I was going to write a poem, but procrastination had me write it the night before. To have our <laughs> I, know. I know, <laughs> I know, I <laughs> know. <laughs> but you know pressure, what? Pressure makes diamonds. Yes. yes, pressure does. Yes, it does. And what I want to say, uh, just my two cents, little soul food for any of you that may in between tonight and the next time we meet say, oh, I am tired. I have had enough. Maybe you think, is this all there is? Maybe you just don't know. I want to remind you that you are a miracle. You are important. You're stronger than you feel. You're stronger than depression, stronger than suicide. You're smarter than you think. You have multiple intelligences. You're more beautiful than you believe. Think about this. The ugly duckling was always a swan. Yeah. More importantly, you are more loved than you can ever believe. Now, this is Tyra G asking you to treat yourself like someone you love and until the next time i'll be loving you take care now bye bye <laughs>